aboard to another edition of State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. My name is Jason Gotch, joined as always by my co-host John Spataro. And John, we're got a lot to do on this program here today. We're going to go ahead and look ahead to the Bears and Panthers, talk a little about the Bears and Buccaneers as we give you the local flavor. Also, get heavy into the Week 6 card, give you our best bets against the spread. Unfortunately, Week number 5, sometimes that happens. John and I did not have our best performances of the year in Week number 5, but the one thing about State Lines is we give you a lot of information, and we tell you when we win. We have a lot of 3-0 and weeks. Sometimes it doesn't go that way for us. We also tell you when we lose, and it was a down week for both of us in week number five. So, John, I'll turn it over to you. I know you're looking to get back on the winning track this week, but let's just say for both of us, last week was a flusher. Let's get it out of here and look ahead. Well, Mama said there would be days like this, and she was right. 0-3 for the weekend for me in week five. Man, it was rough. It, it really never was a, a chance for me to win any of these three games. I kind of got burned on an injury here and there, but overall I did not have a very impressive week. I started the, the weekend on Sunday in Houston, Jacksonville, and the Texans, a divisional matchup, one that I thought the Jags would be able to find a way to lose by six points or less, and they went out and they lost by 16. So not a great one for me there. Really don't have much to say about it other than the fact that that game was kind of within reach going into the middle of the second half and then Gardner Minshew threw an interception and it was never the same game after that. So tough one for that, but I guess that's what I get for betting on the Jags. Also, I was all over the Cowboys like a lot of people were across the country and I'm, I'm assuming here in Illinois as well. It looked too, be, too good to be true and it was. You would think that the Cowboys would find a way to take care of business against the Giants who have been beat up and completely written off as a, as a force in the NFL this year. And they only scratch out a three-point win, but they lose their quarterback and that game is probably a lot closer if Dak Prescott would have played the whole game instead. So that one fell off too. Not really happy about that, but really just to put insult on top of injury. Uh, the Saints on Monday night, they won by seven. I had them at seven and a half. The hook, we talk about it all the time. It got me this week. I mean, that game wasn't really uh, trending in any direction to see the Saints cover all game. They finally went up late in overtime to win. And once you go into overtime, uh, you know that you're not going to be able to cover more than a seven-point spread because the game's going to end if they score a touchdown. So all in all, a tough weekend. It really didn't get any better from that first game. The Jags-Texans on Sunday afternoon went into the late afternoon afternoon game with a big injury to Dak Prescott and then tried to save myself and was denied on Monday night. So 0-3, my first 0-4 of the year, hopefully my last. Let's get back on track. Well, John, like you said, sometimes you have weeks like that. I was right there with you on the Dallas Cowboys last week, that 9.5 point spread against the Giants at home. What was I thinking? I've not been a believer in the Cowboys this year. Jason Gotch has been hammering on the Cowboys, not being good. I've won some bets against them early in the year. I just looked at that game as a bet against the Giants and Daniel Jones and no Saquon Barkley, but Prescott gets hurt. The Dallas defense doesn't show up against the Giants, and they squeak out that win straight up 37-34, but for us gamblers on the Cowboys with that big spread, not looking so good, and Dallas the rest of the year going to have to now go with Andy Dalton, the quarterback. I will say this about the Cowboys and those looking to bet on the Cowboys going forward. If you 
If you do have somewhat of belief in that team, again, I don't. I'll say they got one thing right in the offseason. Andy Dalton's not great, but you look at the backup quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's better than 95% of them. So at least with Prescott out, you don't have some no-name playing in his place the rest of the year or some unproven guy or some guy who's been a failure in a lot of spots. Dalton had his ups and downs in Cincinnati, but he did take that team to the playoffs quite a few times, never winning a playoff game. As a backup, he's a pretty good guy to have in that role if you're Dallas. So they're lucky right there in Mike McCarthy's first year as head coach. But again, Cowboys are also lucky they're in a really bad division. They'll probably win it just because the rest of those teams are so bad. I was on the opposite side of John on the Texans and the Jaguars. Romeo Crennel, the interim coach, taking over for Bill O'Brien, got that win 30-14 to over the Jaguars. So we covered that one at 6.5. But I also was on the Colts, minus 2.5 over Cleveland. Hey, the Browns are looking good early in the year. Only one loss so far. They won that game. An impressive win over a Colts team that had been playing really well a couple of weeks ago. Beat the Bears in Chicago comfortably. Browns won that game 31-23. So missed on that one. And of course, we did not have a pick in Bears Bucks. That game, of course, was the Thursday night game in week number five. So we didn't call that one because our show, of course, airs after the week or after the uh, Thursday night game each week. Now, this week in week six, because of the COVID issues still going on, there is no Thursday night game in the NFL, so we got the full card to look at for you here on State Lines. Along with John Spataro, my name is Jason Gotch. Both of us looking to bounce back as I was one and two last week with the best bets. Now, John, let's, let's recap a little bit of the Bears and the Buccaneers. I know that's a little bit in our rearview mirror now, but it's our last look at the Bears, and that was one of the better football games from a Bears perspective, entertaining-wise, finding a way to win than I've seen in a long time, beating Tom Brady and the Buccaneers at Soldier Field on the national stage, 20-19. to And the Bears now 4-1 and on the year. The offense has been inconsistent. Nick Foles has been inconsistent. Mitchell Trubisky was inconsistent. Matt Nagy says they got to be better. But, hey, as Al Davis used to say, John, just win, baby, and that's what the Bears are doing right now. Yeah, we've had some time to marinate on this game, and we've had some time to really kind of frame it out for the rest of the season and and certainly what Nick Foles is going to bring to this team. And the more that I think about it and the more that I look at that game that was played at Soldier Field last Thursday, it reminds me of a game, you know, that that Mitch Trubisky would have have lost. And, And that may seem a little harsh, but there is a track record here. There's a couple games I go back to uh, a game that the Bears played against the Rams uh, last year that was, you know, a, a battle of field goals. I think the final was 17-6 uh, to six or something like that. Uh, there was obviously the double doink game that I talked about last week, too, that came down to a field goal at the end. We all know how that goes. So it, it there's, there's games that Mitch Trubisky had played that were similar to what we saw Bears-Bucks, where it's a slog, and it's two defenses going at each other. And really, I, I think that the, t- the Bucks were just banged up to the point where the Bears could keep that game competitive. You really didn't feel the Tom Brady effect. You really didn't feel Gronkowski during that game. You really didn't feel Mike Evans. So it was just close enough for a quarterback, in this case Nick Foles, to play good enough to win. And I know that that's kind of an overstated trope a lot of time for bad quarterbacks is just play good enough to win. But I think that's what Nick Foles gives you is a a competent game. He didn't blow by anybody whatsoever with any sort of stats or throws. I mean, he threw some terrible looking balls in the first half, but he got the job done. He kept the Bears in the game. He didn't give the ball away too often. He didn't 
give up some you know easy convertible third downs or second downs or first downs even where there's wide open receivers and Mitch would have missed him or, or ran in the opposite direction or everything that we've seen from Trubisky in, in his career, Nick Foles just seemed to be a little bit sharper. So if the Bears can play that way going forward, they can eke out three, four, five, six more wins like this, and you got something here. I'm not saying it's a Super Bowl team necessarily, but the more that I think about that game, the more that I'm watching it, the more confident I am that if Trubisky would have been in that game, I think we would have been looking at a 17 or a 14 to 3, 6, 9 type game. I don't think that Mitch would have been able to move the ball like Foles did to get the team in position to kick a game-winning field goal enough to win the game. And that's just what it's coming down to is can the Bears offense with all of their struggles, with all of their schemes and so much going on before the snap, can they play good enough to win and can the defense answer the call? Both of those things happen in Bears Bucks. And if it goes forward like that, the Bears are going to be in the playoffs and could win a game or two as far as I'm concerned. John, I'll build on that a little bit. The one thing that really concerns me right now is the Bears running game. And David Montgomery was highly touted as a higher round pick a year ago. He's had flashes, but I don't think anybody would say he's consistent. Tariq Cohen is done for the year. And Nick Foles, I agree. I'd rather have him in there than Mitchell Trubisky. But what scares me is, as much as I like his knack for making plays when it really matters, because that's something that a lot of guys can't do, and I'll give him a lot of credit for that, those down moments, are they going to catch up with the Bears in the weeks and months ahead when Nick Foles plays bad for 55 minutes and you're not going to get five good minutes of Nick Foles to rescue the team? Similar to what they did against the Indianapolis Colts where, yeah, he can put those five minutes together, but they're not going to be good enough because you're going to be in too big of a hole. So, yes, I like the fact they're playing Foles instead of Trubisky. I am worried because I think that running game, if they were able to find one, would do a world of help for Nick Foles and make him probably a more consistent quarterback because right now this offense pretty much falls on him. If they don't have the passing game going, the Bears are not going to win games the way they've run the ball through the first five games of the regular season. That being said, I do think this is a playoff team going forward and three wildcard teams in each conference this year, that extra playoff team, the Bears off to a 4-1 and one start. You look at the defense, I think it's good enough to get them there. I think even an inconsistent offense is good enough to get them there based on the fact they've built up that 4-1 and one record. So from that perspective, that's a nice thing to see for Bears fans, a lot to look forward to with the likelihood of playoff football coming up in early January, but they still do need to get better. And maybe some of this is on Matt Nagy, too, because maybe you have to simplify that playbook a little bit. I, I know he's got this complicated playbook, but he talks about the team being inconsistent and they got to be tighter in what they do and more crisp. Well, if it's not working with the 500 plays you got in the book, Matt. You know what you got to do? Maybe cut it down to 150 plays that your guys are pretty darn good at, and that's going to help out because that offense needs to get more consistent. But that being said, it was a great win over the Buccaneers. The Bears were really able to show the national audience that that defense looks like it's for real again. And again, to get that win over Tom Brady, I'll throw this on, John, before we uh, take it in a different direction, that you think about it could come down to Bears and Buccaneers head-to-head for a wild-card spot in the NFC or for playoff seating, and now the Bears have that head-to-head tiebreaker. So that's really, really good from their perspective. This is State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. Lots more to do on this program. When we come back, we're going to go in-depth into the Bears and the Panthers. Hint, hint, the spread in that game. The Bears are getting three points. 
points on the road at Carolina, and the total in that contest is 44. So we want to hear John's analysis of the game. I'll give you mine as well. We'll talk about some games outside of our top selections of the week. So there's some interesting games in the NFL that neither John or I made a pick as far as a top selection, a best bet goes. We'll get into some of those games as the show progresses. Also, give you our best bets later on in the program. All that coming up and more. Stick around. Lots more to do here on State Lines after a brief timeout. Great to have you aboard for another edition of State Lines as we roll along and give you the best pro football gambling information here in the state of Illinois, along with John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. It's now time to look at the local team, the Chicago Bears, in their next matchup as they are on the road to take on Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers. Again, the Bears getting points in this game. They're plus three. The total is 44, John. Teddy Bridgewater's been good for the Panthers so far this season. They're a surprising three and two under first-year coach Matt Rule. Uh, I think many pencil this in as a season for Carolina that would be rebuilding. I'm a little bit of a doubter, at least I was, and probably still am on Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's a nice backup, but I I don't see him as a franchise quarterback, though he's done pretty well in trying to prove me wrong so far this year. Quarterback rating of over 97 through the first five games of the campaign. So let the listener know what you're thinking in this one from the gambling perspective on both the over-under and also the side. And look at these teams in depth for us and what's been your perspective from them so far this year. Absolutely. I mean, I beg everybody out there who's a Bears fan or a fan of trying to make some money this weekend to not underestimate the Carolina Panthers. I mean, you're you're absolutely right, Jason. I think a lot of people said Christian McCaffrey went down. uh, This whole team's going down. But now they've won three games in a row. They're actually moving the ball pretty well, and they're putting up a pretty good amount of points. I mean, if you look at their last three games, they're not playing against teams that, uh, you know, just roll over and go away. The Falcons, we know that they're struggles, but they beat them 23-16. The Cardinals, who are a pretty popular team right now, who definitely have offensive firepower, they went up and scored 31 points to their 21 points two weeks ago, and then they got it done in a little bit more of a low-scoring game against the Chargers, 21-16. But even going back to their first First game of the year. They lost a shootout to the Las Vegas Raiders 34-30. Obviously, McCaffrey played in that game, but it's still been a pretty impressive offense behind Teddy Bridgewater and Mike Davis, the fill-in for uh, McCaffrey after he left. So this game is going to be pretty, pretty tough for the Bears unless they put up some points. And you got to hope that the defense is going to step up. The Bears do have a pretty good passing defense. We saw that the way that they bottled up all those big receivers and Gronkowski and Tom Brady on Thursday night on Soldier Field. They're able to keep everything in front of them. They don't give up a ton of big plays and they're going to need it because Carolina is currently fifth in the league in passing yards. They like to hold on to the ball for a long stretch of the game. This is where I usually like to say that the under could come into play. But as far as the side, I hate to say it, I'm going to have to go with the Carolina Panthers in this one. The Bears have been playing good football, you know, save for that Colts game. I think that they're going to be a pretty close uh, opponent for the Panthers. But going on the road against a team that just seems to have a little bit more identity on the offensive side of the ball right now, they've kind of handled their injuries a little bit better than the Bears have, or I should say handled changes in their offensive unit better than the Bears have and have 
hit their stride a little bit more. Maybe this is the game Nick Foles breaks out. Maybe this is the game Allen Robinson goes for 200 yards receiving and everyone's getting the ball and it's raining touchdowns all over. I just don't know if that's if that's what I'm seeing. I think I'm going to see a close game. It's tempting to take the Bears getting some points here on the road as well. But this smells to me like a touchdown game, and it smells to me like the Bears are going to be on the wrong side of this one. So I think I'm going to take the Panthers. It's going to be a tough decision for me to do so because I'm riding the high of the Bears, getting a good win at home against the Buccaneers. But playing a, a team like this, it's, it's easy to underestimate them. I hope that they don't do that or else they're going to be in trouble. I, I think the Panthers are the play this week. All right, John, on the Carolina Panthers, he's going to lay those three points, take the Panthers against the Bears, early kickoff, noon central time, coming up this Sunday. John, I'm going to go the other way on this one. I actually like the Bears in this game. I, I look at the Panthers, and what you say is right. They, they've done a nice job offensively. Bridgewater, I, I mentioned him at the start of the conversation this segment, how he surprised me and some other people with that quarterback rating close to 100 so far this year. And they have done well surviving the, the loss of Christian McCaffrey, who's one of the top all-purpose players in the NFL. But I look at who Carolina's beaten. They started off 0-2. They lost to the Raiders at home. Uh, they lost down in Tampa to the Bucks by two touchdowns. Uh, their recent wins, they're 3-0 and in their last three. Give them credit. You can only play your schedule, but they've beaten a Chargers team that just finds a way to lose games. We saw that in the Monday night game when they, they clanked the upright on a game-winning field goal attempt as time expired, and they lost that game after a nice comeback. Uh, then the Panthers beat the Cardinals, who are a mediocre team this year with a good quarterback in Kyler Murray. And last week, they beat the Falcons, who fired Coach Dan Quinn and GM Thomas Dimitrov after the game, after their 0-5 start. So I look at Carolina's competition so far, and I think they take a class hike here with the Bears, and I really like what the Bears' defense did against Tom Brady last week and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that was a turning point game for a Bears team that, again, I don't think is great, but I think they're better than a team like the Panthers. And going on the road here, I think their defense may be a difference in this one. And I think Nick Foles will find a way to make enough plays. So give me the Bears. I'm going to take the three points, the field goal on the road. And I'm actually going to play the over in this game. I think the Bears will find a way to score some points. And I, the, the Bears defense will do okay. But I think the Panthers will score their share of points as well, at least early in the contest. So give me the Bears plus the three. And I'll take the over of 44 for the Bears and Panthers on Sunday. Again, this is State Lines along with John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. we got our Bears picks locked in. Again, those aren't our best bets, but we do like to give you a pick in the Bears game every week. They are the local team in the state of Illinois now with the Rams uh, going back to L.A. several years ago. So they are the, the team that a lot of people in our state cheer for, and we like to give you our insight on the Bears each and every week. But there's also a lot of other interesting games on this week's card, and, and several of them are in prime time. This is a week we're going to have two Monday night games again because of, of the COVID uh, issue in the country that has also gotten in the way of some of the NFL games this year, Kansas City and Buffalo. That's going to be an early Monday nighter this week. And, and then the scheduled Monday nighter between uh, the Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. But before we get to those games, John, uh, the Sunday night game this week features the Rams and the 49ers. That game in San Francisco, and the Rams off to a real good start, 4-1, and the 49ers coming off a, a near Super Bowl win over the Chiefs last year, they are off to a 2-3 and three start, and they have quarterback issues. Uh, we don't know yet who's going to start, if it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo or C.J. Beathard. Last week, 
in the 49ers' loss. Beathard took over for a benched Garoppolo in that loss to Miami. Now, uh, the 49ers coach, Kyle Shanahan, said after the game they were getting a lot of good pressure on 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 Garoppolo, and they didn't want to risk further injury for him in a situation he, he was going to get hit. He was getting hit a lot. I don't buy that for a second. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't good in that game, and they were looking for a spark from C.J. Beathard. Now, if you look at this contest right now as the way the line looks, the Rams are a three-point favorite on the road. The total is 49-and-a-half. How do you see this one playing out? This one, to me, I just challenge everybody to please go look at the 49ers' recent games and see what they've done in their first five. I mean, they beat uh, two teams from New York, the Giants and the Jets, in back-to-back weeks, and they haven't beaten anybody else. They lost to the to the Cardinals in the first game of the year. Then they lost a, a wild game to the Eagles, in which they came back last the week before last, and then they got throttled by the Miami Dolphins, 43-17 last week. So if I'm looking at this game, you're absolutely right, Jason. There's some sort of dysfunction going on at the quarterback position in San Francisco. I, I don't know if they were trying to light a fire under Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't necessarily strike me as someone who's going to be able to shake off a pretty bad performance like that and come out and, and out-duel uh, Jared Goff and the Rams offense. So I'm going to lean towards the Rams in this one and feel pretty good about it. It's about as close as I can get to wanting to pick it as one of my best bets, but not. I just think the Rams got more going on. They took care of business against uh, some bad teams as well. They beat the Washington football team last week. They beat the Giants the week before, and they could very easily be undefeated. They were on the goal line uh, defending against the Buffalo Bills in week three, and they got bailed out, or or should I say the Bills got bailed out by a, a bad pass interference call. So this is a near undefeated team who's putting up points, who's keeping their opponents out of the end zone in most cases, and I can't say the same for the 49ers. So the battle for California and the battle for Sunday night this week, I think it's going to be pretty easy to pick come game time. I would really strongly suggest looking at the LA Rams to cover against the 49ers this week. All right, John is locked in. He likes the Rams. He's going to lay the three this week in San Francisco. I'm going to go with the total in this one. You know, I, it's almost a game where you're. I'm afraid to bet against the 49ers because it's a rally the troops game, despite everything John said making 100% perfect sense. There's really no reason to bet on the 49ers in this one. they got quarterback issues. The Rams are playing good football. The only thing I would look at is the plus three, maybe from the home dog perspective, because I do like to bet home dogs in the NFL. But I don't have the guts to bet the 49ers this week, so I'm going to bet the over in this game. I'm going to say that the Niners offense finds a way to score some points and the Rams score points of their own. And I'm going to look at that total right now as it's locked in at 49.5. And I'm going to say bet the over in the Rams and the 49ers. Again, a game the 49ers need a lot more than the Rams do, but the Rams would love to have it as well. Obviously, you always want to win, but you want to beat a division opponent when you're the road team. And if you look at the Rams, if they can win this one straight up and go to 5-1 and and the 49ers, would drop on the season all the way down to 2-4. and four. That would put a serious dent in the playoff hopes of the defending NFC champions. Along with John Spataro, again, it is Jason Gotch. State Lines rolls along after a brief timeout. We'll look ahead at some of the uh, divisional odds heading into week six and also one more prime time game to get to to pick. The Cowboys and Andy Dalton playing host to Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. All that and more right after this. And now a thought from Barry Zeckelman, Chairman and CEO of Zeckelman Industries. 
who invites you to help this country make it here. Dear America, let's manufacture a better future. Let's get back to looking for made in America on the things we buy. Let's bring back domestic manufacturing. Let's build the factories, warehouses, and businesses that build community, might jumpstart the career of a recent grad, provides the family down the street with a decent paycheck, and real benefits, the kind that benefit us all. Let's give our economy a shot in the arm. Let's make it here. Let's make it made in America. Zeckelman Industries is a family-owned, 100% domestic manufacturing company. Makers of innovative steel structures and products that lets the water flow, keeps the lights on, and helps builders build. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you think about bringing back domestic manufacturing to this country. Get involved at Zeckelman.com. State Lines, we roll along with you. Great to have you aboard, getting ready for week six with the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. One more game out of our best bets, but in prime time to pick the second Monday night game this week, the scheduled game, second game on the card in the scheduled time slot after the Bills play host to the Kansas City Chiefs. We're talking about the Arizona Cardinals. And we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys in Arlington, Texas. The Cardinals 3-2. and two, The Cowboys are 2-3. and three. The Cardinals a 2.5-point favorite. The total's 54. Remember, Dak Prescott with that ugly ankle injury in the home win over the Giants last Sunday is done for the year. He had to have season-ending surgery. Andy Dalton's the Cowboys quarterback the rest of the way, John. What do you think here? Road favorite gets it done. You like the total or are you sticking with the Cowboys? I'm in a position that I don't wish upon my worst enemy in terms of betting positions where last week I said that it was going to be the first time that the Cowboys win against the spread. They didn't. They are now 0-5 ATS this year, and I'm going to go back to them again. I think they're going to get it done this week because I don't think there's that big of a gap between Dak Prescott and, yes, Andy Dalton. I I really don't. I, I think that both of them are good not great quarterbacks and that's going to offend some cowboy fans and probably offend Dak Prescott who's hoping for a big contract extension at the end of this year but I I think Dalton's a pretty serviceable QB I I think that this Cowboys offense is not going to lose a ton behind Dalton I I, it, it may be hard to conceptualize now but coming into the middle of a game and still winning is impressive enough but preparing an entire week and now probably entire rest of the season with Dalton, I think the Cowboys are going to find a way uh, to, to move the ball. And, you know, we've talked about this kind of all year. It hasn't been the offense it has not been the problem for the Cowboys. It's been the defense. So if there is a significant decline between Prescott and Dalton, it could be really troublesome for the Cowboys. However, I just don't think that there's that big of a gap. Andy Dalton played his college ball in Texas. He's back home, if you want to call it, after being uh, uh, moved on from uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals. But he was a playoff quarterback pretty much every year for the last, oh, 10 years or so. Never really got it done, but he could get him there. So all in all, you know, looking at this game, if, if Prescott was playing, I would think that the Cowboys would have a pretty good chance to win. And since I don't think Dalton's that big of a step down I think the Cowboys still have a pretty good chance to win and when the spread's this close I mean it's really not that dramatic either way I think you're going to want to get points 
for the Cowboys while you can before we really figure out what's going on with Andy Dalton's led offense. So give me the boys in this one. I don't really know a ton about the Cardinals so far this year, but I have watched a decent amount of Cowboys games with Dak Prescott to know how explosive they can be. And I just think that Dalton's not that much of a of a departure from that. So give me the Cowboys in this one. I'll, I'll take my medicine if I if I lose on them two weeks in a row, but I have a pretty good feeling that they're going to get it done. Yeah, I'm with you 100% here, John. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the points. I'm rather surprised they are getting points because when you look at what the Cardinals have done this year, a win in week one against the 49ers, who that one looked good on paper at the time, winning in Santa Clara, but the 49ers we know have struggled mightily this season. Then the next week they went 2-0 and because they beat the Washington football team at home. I think you, myself, and nine guys off the street this year, John, could give the Washington football team a good game. Then they were losers against the Lions and Panthers, and then they beat the almighty Jets last week by 20 points, the Cardinals did. So what I'm telling you, everybody out there in Radio Land, the Cardinals have played an absolutely terrible schedule, awful schedule. Uh, the Cowboys, I think, are the best team they have played so far, even with Andy Dalton, the quarterback. And again, I'm not a big fan of the Cowboys, but this is almost like you're betting against one team rather than betting on the other team. And I'm betting against Arizona on the road here. So I'm going to take Dalton. I'm going to take the Cowboys. And look, Dak Prescott put up a lot of numbers, but there were a lot of times you watched a Cowboy game and you said, how did they not win that game? Not saying Andy Dalton's a better player, but I don't think the drop-off's huge to Andy Dalton right here. He rallied them back to win that game against the Giants. They put up 37 points in that game. Granted, Prescott played most of the way. But still, I am going to go ahead and take the Cowboys plus the 2.5. We'll stay away from the total. Now, this is a special opportunity here on State Lines because John Spataro is our gambling insider here in the state of Illinois as far as how the process works, what's going on with the legislature, and how that's all evolved with uh, the Gaming Commission setting the rules and some of the handles that have been coming in from various sports books throughout the state. So, John, the floor is yours. Tell us a little bit more about the nuts and bolts here of how gambling has taken off in the state of Illinois as it's been underway here in the calendar year 2020. Right. So as you know, sports gaming has become legal in Illinois as of the first of the year, but it really didn't get up and running until March. And if you remember what happened in March, all sports got canceled for a few months. So it's been tough to really judge the data that's been coming from the Illinois Gaming Board to kind of understand where the industry is in the state and how much money is flowing through these licensees that are allowed to legally accept bets. But now that August has closed out, I mean, I know we're in October, but it usually takes uh, the following month uh, to to tabulate the data. So that's why we're getting August's numbers now. August was probably the closest that we're going to get to, um, you know, a full slate of games uh, until we see the September numbers because football hasn't even really been factored into the numbers that I'm about to share here yet uh, either. So when you're looking at, at what was flowing through the state uh, in, in August, uh, $43 million was bet on baseball across the uh, seven different operators who accept online wagers. So that means uh, that that's not wins or losses. That's just the total amount of money that was bet on baseball games uh, far beyond um, the other sports, uh, save for basketball. But for baseball, it, it, it makes a lot of sense when you think about that. The Cubs, Sox, and Cardinals were all playoff teams this year. They didn't get very far, but they were all playoff teams this year. So all the teams of note in the state, no matter where you lived, you had a team to watch, you had a team to bet on. Uh, basketball came uh, just behind it with $40 million uh, handled between the digital operators, uh, then followed by 
by hockey with 13 million, uh, a parlay bet, which, uh, you know, obviously, if, if you are familiar with the betting apps, um, is a bet where you are putting multiple teams. It could be different sports. It could be completely different uh, leagues. And uh, you, you put multiple legs of a, a parlay together. And if they all hit, you get better odds. Uh, those, there were $9 million of parlays uh, pushed through the Illinois uh, betters this month of August. Um, soccer came just behind that, and then tennis, MMA, and golf all around uh, $2 million of handle. All that to say, this adds up to about $140 million of handle across the online betters and the in-person uh, books. So this is a, a drastic increase uh, from what we've seen the months prior. Uh, between March and August, um, there was only about $60 million handled. And in uh, August alone, I should say March and July, there was $60 million handled. And in August alone, there was almost 140. This is without football. So when football gets on the docket next month, uh, when we revisit these numbers, I expect it to be um, even higher. But all's that to say, uh, there's a lot of betting going on in Illinois. And if you haven't checked it out, I mean, obviously, we want everyone to play responsibly and we want everyone to have fun um, and, and do it at their leisure and, and not get themselves into any sort of trouble. But the industry is growing. And, you know, from a from a perspective of a new um, and, and growing phenomenon here in the state, it seems like Illinoisans are enjoying uh, the ability to bet on their phones. They're outpacing the in-person and bets quite a bit so check uh, check out some of the apps that are available out there and uh, see if you want to you know risk a couple pennies here and there you don't have to bet any sort of uh, huge amounts of money to have a little bit of uh, action in the game and and uh, enjoy what this new industry has to offer and just to build on what you're saying here john from the gambler's perspective a couple of points number one the sports leagues, both at the professional level and the college level, have figured out how to coexist in the COVID era because we heard a lot of alarmists over the summer saying none of this would work. You can't have college football. You can't have the NFL. A lot of these people were blue check marks on Twitter who work in the media industry, the sports media industry. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. I'm not saying COVID's not serious because it is. I'm not saying the coronavirus should be ignored. Don't misunderstand my point. What I'm saying is that these leagues have figured out how to do this responsibly. And we've seen the NBA, we've seen the NHL both survive in bubbles. We've seen baseball had a couple of blips on the radar screen, but with the Cardinals and Marlins, they got through that. They're deep into their postseason here in 2020. The NFL has went full speed ahead. They've had to reschedule some games, doing it responsibly, but they're, they're playing their games. Uh, the Big Ten is returning later this month, so that's great for fans here in the state of Illinois. Big Ten country with Northwestern and the Illini. And listen throughout the Midwest. I mean, upper Midwest folks, they love their Big Ten football. There's no doubt about that. The other college football conferences, many of them are up and running and doing it successfully. So the reason I bring all this up, like you said, from a gambler's perspective and from the perspective of the sports books, this is only going to get better and better. Those numbers, I think, are only going to improve more and more because John gave you some of those numbers when, when sports was just starting to come back or was non-existent because of the coronavirus. Not the case anymore. So that's great news if you like to play these games. And the second thing, John, I want to get your opinion on this too before we get to our final segment and pick our best bets of the week. One thing I really like what the state of Illinois did manage to do is allow the online betting because because not everybody wants to go into the sports book on a Sunday. A lot of people have other things to do, family commitments. Uh, you know, some people work on the weekends. It's 
It's not a traditional work week anymore for a lot of people in this country. So the good thing is, nothing against the sports books. They're nice place to visit, places to visit, but you don't have to go if, if you can't make it. You can just play these games on, on your phone or on your iPad or on your computer. And it's really nice, especially with the weather getting colder and the holidays coming up, to have that option and to do it in a responsible and legal manner. That That's a good thing for all the gamblers out there. Yeah, and I would challenge everybody who has a, a preconception about sports gambling to uh, really rethink it once you look at um, the experience of betting on sports now. I mean, it, it it may have a connotation of, you know, going behind a 7-Eleven somewhere and, and slipping a guy a, a brown bag of money like, um, you know, might have been done in the past. But now if you've played fantasy football or if you've played any sort of, um, you know, sports-related app on your phone, the experience is, is much different. And, and I mentioned this earlier that you don't have to be putting big amounts of money to enjoy uh, yourself or to play at all. I mean, you could craft uh, five or six different games into a parlay, put $1 down, and if it hits, you might win $500. If you get really crazy, you could win a couple thousand dollars. So you can, you know, put a, a dollar here, a dollar there, or $10, whatever you feel comfortable with, and you should never overextend yourself when you are gambling. Uh, but it's really accessible. And, uh, you know, there are there is some restrictions in, in uh in the laws about signing up for um, you know gambling apps uh, remotely here in the state of Illinois. Uh, Governor Pritzker seems to be extending uh, an executive order which allows people to sign up wherever they are located within the state and not have to go into the brick and mortar locations. So for now, while you can sign up on your phone, I would recommend just taking a peek and just seeing what's out there because you can have some fun. They usually have some quirky prop bets out there too. Um, if you if you're not really tied into the sides or the totals you can bet on things like who's going to be the first person to touch the ball who's going to be the first person to score a touchdown who's going to be the last team to have the uh, possession so you can really have have fun with it and and not be risking a lot of money at all so give it a look like we said it's a growing industry it's it's something new it's something exciting uh we're sure surely enjoying it and uh, you just might too as long as you're playing responsibly well said, John, and great information on the involvement of gambling here in the state of Illinois. It is Jason Gotch along with John Spataro here on State Lines. When we come back, the segment you've all been waiting for. Recap our Bears picks and also give you our three best bets against the spread for week number six. All that right after this. Great to have you with us as we wrap up State Lines for another week with the part of the show that you've been waiting for. John and I recap our Bears picks for week number six, and we'll give you our three best bets overall for week six card, the National Football League. So for the listeners, John, who are just joining the program, maybe you didn't have a chance to hear earlier on, give me your thoughts for the Bears and the Panthers, how you see that playing out. Yeah, I, I went into it pretty deep in the second segment. I'll try to summarize my thoughts here. I think that this one's going to go the way of the Panther. I just see the Panthers being able to score enough points. The Bears are really teetering at you know a, a break point of about 20 points in these last few games. If the defense can hold them to under 20 points, I think the Bears have a pretty good chance to win. If they can't, you're going to have to ask Nick Foles and the offense to really extend themselves and put some scores on the board. We have not really seen that offensive experience 
explosion yet, except for maybe the last quarter and a half of the game against the Falcons. So it's it's possible. I'm not saying that the Bears are, are completely hopeless in this game, but looking at the two teams and looking at, at the way that they've been playing coming into this game, the Bears had a stumble against the Colts, gutted out an impressive, but you know, nowhere near a sure thing win against the Buccaneers. And the the Panthers have been rolling their last three games. They really haven't broken a sweat, just kind of rolling through their teams, although uh, against some inferior competition. So Teddy Bridgewater and crew, I think, will get the best of the Bears. I think Bridgewater will outplay Foles, which is, uh, you know, just the question that you're going to have to ask yourself all, all year is the other quarterback going to play better than Nick Foles? And I'm going to go with the Panthers. I'm still excited about the Bears. I still think that they could win and, and that they're better maybe than we we thought they were uh, after the first three weeks and certainly after that Colts loss. The Bucks win was nice, but I don't think they're going to have enough to get it down uh, to a 20-point to a, a or less performance from the defense. So I think I'm going to go with the Panthers in this week. All right, John locked in for the Panthers against the Bears, laying the three points. I am on the other side of this one. I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears plus the three. I think Nick Foles and company do enough on the road offensively. And I look at who the Panthers have played this year. It's been a weak schedule for Carolina. So I think even though the Panthers are in a three-game winning streak, give them a lot of credit for that. And Teddy Bridgewater with that quarterback rating over 97 for the year. He surprised me. Matt Rule, the first-year coach down in Charlotte, has the Carolina Panthers playing some pretty good football at least record-wise, but I think the record's inflated a little bit, and I think the Bears' defense also gets it done here. So give me the Bears plus the three. I'll say this goes over the total of 44. Now, John, I, I know you want to get back on track, as do I, with our best bets after we both had a rough week number five. So the floor's yours. Lay out three winners for us, and uh, we're going to be locking those bets in right now. Well, as much as I want to do a complete reversal and go 3-0 and this week, you know, sometimes you have to kind of reel in your enthusiasm and not try to get too far from what got you here in the first place. So I wanted to get a little crazy this week. I think I've kind of kept it pretty conservative, uh, but sometimes you do need to make a stretch, and I'm going to go with the two teams that I haven't bet on all year uh, and, and, a, and a bet that I think is, is flying under the radar here, and I'll, I'll tell you why. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Cleveland Browns that will be in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, and the uh, over is currently sitting around 51. I'm going to go with the under in this game. These are two teams with really good offenses, and that would, again, usually suggest that this game will be an offensive uh, explosion. However, I think this is going to be a typical AFC North uh, slobber knocker, if you will. I know it's it's not usually uh, the Steelers and the Browns because the Browns have been uh, playing at a lower level. But this is a pretty big game across the NFL, right? I mean, 4-1 and one versus 4-0. This is going to be a pretty uh, pretty impressive showing uh, for the division and for the conference. So these two offenses, I, I think, hold on to the ball a little bit too long for me. I, I know I've been talking about that a lot this year, but I think it is a good indicator of how the game flow is going to be. Uh, there's also a question of, of health here with... Um, who's going to be in the uh, wide receiver position for the Browns? Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, at time of recording does not seem like he's going to be ready to play for Sunday's game. So that takes a little bit of the firepower out of the Browns offense. So give me the under in this one. I don't know by how much. I, I don't know how much confidence I would instill in this one to go uh, you know, below maybe 40 or 45 points. But I think it's going to find a way to be a, a lower scoring than people would suggest. So give me the under in the Steelers and Browns this weekend. Another game that I'm looking at. At, and and this is just uh, you know there's really no reason to watch this one unless you got money.
money on it, but it sounds like I'm going to. I'm going to bet on another team that's 0-5 against the, the spread this season, and it is the New York Jets. They're getting 9.5 points against the Miami Dolphins. My take on this, are the Dolphins getting a little bit of a bump from that uh, shellacking that they had against the 49ers last week? I think they are. I think that the Jets are not that much worse than their division opponent, Dolphins, and 9.5 points is certainly a lot. Also, the Jets are just about ready to fire Adam Gase. I'm sure that that's coming any moment now. So maybe they'll have a dead cat bounce, you know, with Le'Veon Bell leaving the team. He's been released. Gase has to be uh, on his way out next. Maybe they'll pull together enough just to get a cover. I doubt they'll win, but I think a cover is in order uh, for the Jets. Plus nine and a half. Why not? And then my final best bet of the week. Going to go back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Green Bay Packers game. It's another NFC North uh, versus Tampa Bay game. This one is pretty close. Uh, the spread across a couple books is between a point to a point and a half in favor of the Packers. And I'm going to go with the Packers. I mean, they are 4-0 and 4-0 against the spread this year. No reason for me to think that they are not that much better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know it's on the road. I know that it, there's, there's you know, a, a different sense to be playing in South Florida or Central Florida than there is to be playing at Lambeau. However, I think the Packers are better than the Bears, and the Bears handled the Buccaneers pretty well. They were able to bottle up Brady, and they really were able to do uh, just enough to win this game. I think Aaron Rodgers will do more than enough to outduel Tom Brady and continue his MVP campaign throughout this season. So to recap, I'm going with the under in the Browns and Steelers matchup this week. I'm also going with the Jets as nine and a half point underdogs on the road in Miami. And I'm taking the road favorite, the Green Bay Packers, to cover between a one and a one and a half point spread, depending on where you look. I think the Packers win outright, and I think they'll win by possibly three or more against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, John is locked in with his picks for week number six. Now it's my turn, Jason Gotch, to give you my thoughts, how it's going to play out in week number six. I am going to take as my number one best bet of the week the Houston Texans getting three points in Nashville against the Tennessee Titans. Now, the Titans are unbeaten on the season. It's been a rough go for the Texans so far this year. Now, Romeo Cornell, the interim head coach, after the team let go of Bill O'Brien, that was a move long overdue. Should have happened after last season when they blew that game in Kansas City. I think it was a 24-0 lead in the divisional playoffs, and they got blown off the field. Bill O'Brien era, a lot of disappointment with some playoff runs, but meaning they got to the playoffs, not any deep move into the postseason. So an interim head coach down with the Houston Texans on paper. This one looks like the Titans game, but check this out. The Titans are in a tough sandwich spot here, and I love situational gambling, especially in the NFL. When you look at the Titans, they had that game Tuesday against Buffalo, a huge home win, a couple of unbeaten teams, and they they smacked Buffalo around, so they got an emotional high right there. Then next week, They've got an early game, noon Eastern time start, playing host to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and both those teams are unbeaten right now. So this is a classic look-ahead game for the Tennessee Titans. The Texans are getting a field goal. Looks like it should be more. Looks like it's an easy play for the Titans to lay the three. I don't see it that way. I think it's a trap. Go ahead and take the Texans plus three at the Tennessee Titans. Also, 
We're going to go with a couple of teams from the state of Florida to round out the best bets here for week number six. I am going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm on the opposite side of John with this one. Uh, They are home against the Green Bay Packers. Tough going against the Packers. They've had a real good year. Aaron Rodgers is definitely an MVP candidate. But this is a game Tampa needs to win in a tough NFC after that loss to the Bears at Soldier Field. Uh, that Thursday night game a little over a week ago. So I'm going to say Brady and company gets it done. Packers in a tough spot on the road. Uh, Brady and company getting the one and a half. Give me the Buccaneers in that game. And then I'm going to do something that a lot of people probably wouldn't do. I know John's had the guts to do it earlier this year. I'm going to do it too. I'm actually going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why am I going to take the Jaguars on their own field plus three? Because they're playing the Detroit Lions. Should the Lions be favored on the road against any? Buddy, especially in the Matt Patricia era when they always find ways to blow leads late in the game. I don't think so. Let's take the Jaguars, Doug Marone and company. That's not a good football team, but they are going to find a way to cover those three against the Detroit Lions this week down in Jacksonville. So to sum it up, Jason Gotch with the three best bets in no particular order here. Texans plus three at the Titans. Bucks plus one and a half at home against the Packers. Jaguars plus three. That's at home against the Detroit Lions in a battle of big cat teams. Dogs are barking this week on my card. So for John Spataro, again, my name is Jason Gotch. Hope you enjoy the winners. Join us next week for week number seven of the NFL season. State Lines will have you covered for all the pro football gambling information here in the state of Illinois. Have a great week, and hopefully you win some money. Talk to you next week, everybody. This show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.